today is going to be a little different, so we're just going to do one song real quick. Um, yeah, Lord, you're so welcome here. Yeah, you're so welcome here.
Lord, we, wa we want to do your will your way. We don't want to be apart from you. We want to be near you. We've come together with the family of God to glorify you, and we want to do exactly that. Would you be glorified as we come together, your family who you bought with a price? Would you be glorified in us today? Would you meet our needs as only you can? Just thank you for the love you've poured out into our hearts. We just ask for more love and more power. Fill us with more love and more of your power. We, we must have you. Thank you for just washing over us this morning with your presence. We delight in you, Lord. We want to love you more. We want to know you and your ways. We want fellowship with you, Lord Jesus. Um, everyone good? Wondering what's going down? I can feel the anticipation. <laughs> it's going to be really good. Guile and Jono, take us there. What are we doing? Thank you, Anna. Yeah, so a couple things I felt like the Lord was saying during the, the uh, worship song <laughs> was, uh, and I'm just throwing this out here because we can get so conditioned to relate to God in just one way that that uh, it gets a little uh, monochrome. You know what I mean by that? It's like everything, it's kind of like my wardrobe. Everything's blue and blue, you know, and maybe a gray or two. This is my gray shirt. Um, but Jesus works in a lot of different ways, and that's the way what we're going to do today is like that. But I, I feel like there's a couple of things. The Lord wants to encourage some people today that are really discouraged at a really deep level. And the Lord's going to do that through engagement with God's people today. He surprises me a lot um, in ways I don't expect. I expect to be by myself in prayer, and finally, finally, finally he'll meet me in what I need. And what he most often does is send someone to me. So yeah, I'm not alone, and he does it through another person. And then also, this is whatever. I feel like God wants to heal some people in their bodies today. And so just engage. Don't worry about it. Focus on Jesus. Do what we're doing, and you might be surprised. Does that sound good? Okay. We keep on saying that sound good, but, I mean, it's just our way of knowing that you're here. You know, because we're going to do what we're going to do, whether you, whether you think it's good or not. Because so, like, it was like, okay, nobody thought it was good. We didn't know what to do next. <laughs> so what we're going to do today is it, just to give an intro, if you're new to Believer's Church, 
Um, we, we try to lead in a team. So Anna's one of our leadership team members, a pastor here. John's one. I'm one. And then we've got a team of elders. Um, and just, man, I just love, love this community. The level of engagement with people helping others is just, it's overwhelming. It's just overwhelming. And so all that said, one of the things we've been talking about over the last month and a half is just, <clears throat> excuse me, where are we going? And the reason it, it, it felt more like, if you've been around believers, you're, <coughs> you realize I said nothing new. <coughs> this is not a COVID cough. <laughs> this is an allergy cough, I think. Or a cough cough. I don't know, but I'm wearing a mask, so yeah, I'll just stay away from John. <coughs> We didn't talk about anything new. I mean, if you're part of Believer's Church before now, you're like, yeah, okay, I've heard all that. But it just felt like it was a time to say, hey, a lot of things are being asked of us and demanded of us as people these days. And let's just reorient what we're, what are we about? And what we're about is what Anna just said, is a being near and like Jesus. You say, what's the big deal about that? That's shockingly novel these days. That just to keep our focus on this person, Jesus, knowing he gives us the best picture of what God is like. If you're confused of what God is like, just get into the Gospels and look at what Jesus was like. And that's our clearest um, expression and explanation of God. And then if you want to know what does it mean to be a person, we've got these questions and people are so confused about their identities and what does my life mean and how should I be? And Jesus himself is the explanation of what it means to be human. Jesus was the guy who knew how life was supposed to work. And so the fun part is if we get relationally near to Jesus and let him transform us to make us like him, that means we get to know the God who is and become who God has intended us to be, which is Jesus through the prism that is you, through the uniqueness that he likes and who, who he's made you to be. So our vision, where are we going, is to be near and like Jesus. And the mission, which is, in our minds, how do you get there, is to be disciples of Jesus, who make disciples of Jesus. A disciple is, if you will, it's a master, master teacher. Like, it's kind of what you'd say, who's my hero? Who's the person I want to emulate my life after? Who's the person I want to pay attention to? Who's the person I'm like, I wonder what they think about that? Jesus, that we chase after him and imitate him. And then do what he asks, which is to make disciples of others. Did you know that you, every one of you is capable of making disciples? How do I know? Because Jesus asked us to do it. And so he gives us what we need to be able to obey what he gives us to do. That's the fun part. He asks us to do, he asks us to do stuff and then he provides everything for us to do it. It's stinking awesome. Okay. So, we talked about, um, what do disciples of Jesus look like? How did Jesus make disciples, these apprentices, these learners? And who did he disciple? And, and I'm not, I'm just going by way of reminder. This is a picture that we use to summarize two scriptures. The, this triangle is from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Where Jesus says, go make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Baptizing. Give them into the name of, into the identity of the Father. 
of the Son and the Spirit. And so that's what we talk about, that triangle thing of baptizing. The name of the Father makes us sons and daughters. And, into the, and the King Jesus makes us servants. And into the Holy Spirit makes us ambassadors to the world. And then in uh, Acts 2, verses 36 through 47... We see the early church living out the commands of Jesus, what Jesus trained them to do right away. And these are just the things they did. They were baptizing, repenting of their sins. They're obeying uh, the word of God. They're praying, making disciples, loving one another, worshiping, taking the Lord's Supper together, giving of their time and their energy, uh, submitting to leaders and raising leaders up. And then the boxes they were gathering together. And so that these are the guts of what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus. We know it's far more three-dimensional than just this thing, but this is a good summary statement of it. When we talked about how did Jesus make disciples, he did it classroom. In other words, there was information he passed on, right? But that's not the only way. Most of us are familiar with classroom because we, we had to do it. For good or for ill, we had to do it. I had a teacher, you'd think, classroom wasn't my best thing in the respect that she in third grade she told my um mother god would be great with his own talk show i just wish it weren't in my class <laughs> to make a, th- a third grade boy sit still all day is a challenge um so we've all done classroom but then there's this apprenticeship where where the the, the if you will like if you're being apprenticed in something you know it's the the guy who knows what he's doing Shows the other guy and then says, why don't you try it and I'll feed back. And okay, you do it and I'll just stay out of your way. And then go ahead, you got this and t- talk to me when you need help. There's an apprenticeship that Jesus did. We, and we talked about and showed it in the Gospels how Jesus did this. And finally, there's this immersion thing. It's like it, that we get immersed in the lifestyle of Jesus when we're around people who know Jesus. How many of you guys studied a foreign language in school? How many of you guys can speak the language you studied? Okay, yeah, see, there you go. So, why? Because most of us never got immersed, right? I, you know my mother's a high school French teacher, and she was my high school French teacher. That's like its own sitcom, you know what I mean? But it's a true story. Um, I can't speak French because I never really lived in France. Or Montreal, or, you know what I mean? Some place where I was forced, wherever you would go, have to go speak French. So part of what Jesus did is just said, come with me, live with me, check out what I'm doing. And so all three of those are really the way of Jesus for doing discipleship. You notice often in our Western culture in church, we're pretty good at the classroom stuff, but the other stuff's pretty tough to do. Here's the reason why. We see that who Jesus discipled, there were different groups that Jesus, that Jesus discipled, different sizes of groups, and that his investment strategy was that he invested more in this small group of three and then 12, pushing all the way out to the crowds. And one of the simple reasons is to actually do the how of discipleship and the what, you can't do it with much more than 12 people. It's why Jesus was, again, the smartest person who ever lived. He realized to be able to do this, I'm going to invest heavy in a few that then when they make disciples, I go from addition to multiplication. It's what we do with Imagination Celebration. We had 70 people coming here. When we, 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 could, we could just try to make that bigger and bigger and bigger. But we did instead. We took the exact same thing and it's multiplied without that much more effort to over a thousand people. That's the way, that's the way the kingdom works. Okay. So we said, how does that work? Okay. So who Jesus disciples is a small group of people 
who accepted Jesus' challenge to discipleship. That, that, that it's this kind of, it kind of messes your life totally up to follow Jesus. You gotta rethink everything. And, and some of us, by the way, if you're disoriented, right now in your life, embrace it. Jesus is making you his disciple. It's okay. It's okay to be disoriented. I'm disoriented right now. What I mean by that, I just got things going on that the Lord's kind of moved that I was used to leaning on. He's like, yeah, it's not there anymore, and I'm trying to lean, and I'm like, it's like, come to me, come to me, come to me. He's making disciples of us. How does this work at Believer's Church? Well, the simplest way, man, I didn't come out very well, um, is the smallest unit, if that little three, like Peter, James, and John, would be our families and or something we call D-groups. The kind of the 12-ish or so is what we're talking about with our small groups. And then with these Sunday gatherings, we, what we get to do in these environments is we get to celebrate in unique ways together. We get to invite people that we don't know because kind of the safe environment for people to come in and test out what, what God's doing. And then and also we get to kind of lead just pointing big directions. We're all going this way. So what we're going to do today is focus on what is a D group. Now, some of you guys, if you've been around Believers Church long enough, you've heard about this. This has been a staple of our, our way of being here for a long, long time. But if you're, if, first of all, we've changed it a bit in a way I think that that actually helps engage a little bit better than we've done in the past. And if you're new to this, what we're going to do today is be a D group. And, and the purpose of this is to try to just kind of introduce you to this idea of how did Jesus do his discipleship in a small environment and do it by modeling, assisting, watching, and then launching. Okay, so this is a little bit of apprenticeship from the stage. It also means you're going to have to interact with other humans. So for those of you who are like, I didn't even brush my teeth today. I'm just giving you fair warning. It's coming. You're going to have to talk to other people here in a minute. So uh, it, if you're new to Believer's Church, I, I recognize it's a little awkward. But hey, this is the family of God. This is True family is always awkward. <laughs> Isn't it? Right? It's why Thanksgiving's never like you thought it would go. Right? Or your, or your ideals are. It's like, this is way worse and strange. And awesome all at the same time. So what we're going to do, what a D group is, is usually it's two to four people. So again, it's keeping in that kind of that little, little group, Peter, James, and John thing with Jesus. Same gender. Uh, we, we won't have to do that today because we're gonna, not going to go super deep in our sharing. So, so we, we'll just make it make do today. But typically it's good to do same gender because this is where I have and others gone to some really deep places of long-term, uh, sometimes addictions, uh, sin habits, uh, things you're really scared about, and it's a safe place where you can talk about that with others. Uh, uh, James 5 uh, says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. Little, de- little detail, did you know the number one therapy for sex addiction for males, the number one therapy is strong male friendships. This is number one. It's the, I got that from Jim Grinnell, a sex therapist. He, a psychologist, said the number one way is just guys exposing their hearts. And I've, I have personally seen guys get free through D groups. 
personally seen it. So I, I, I know it's possible just through deep friendships at a heart level. Um, meet weekly for around one, one hour. We've designed it so you can get it done usually in about an hour. What I love about this, what I love about this is it's, it's integratable. You will only practice the things that you can integrate in your life. Adding things, I, I, if you heard Anna's last uh, message last week, that's what we're going for. We are not interested in something being added to any of our lives. I don't know anybody, I literally don't know anybody who needs more stuff. That, that is not a problem in our culture at this time. this time. At this time in our culture, we're generally overdone, we're constantly tired and addicted to caffeine. Right? I mean, why is these places doing so well? Just, we got, we got ca- I, I, there's caffeine in shampoo now. Have you seen this? It's a real thing. Like I was chatting, caffeine in my shampoo, that's not a good, cause I usually take showers at night, so that would just be like, I don't know why I'm so awake. <laughs> that's how I feel. Middle of the night. So the other thing is this. I want to take some pressure off of particularly our parents with small kids. When we, t- we really emphasize the small groups. They're very important. But I'll, I'll be very straight up for my wife and I. When we had three jelly place toddlers t- terrorizing our house. Um, jelly faced? Yeah, yeah. It's like they mean they got jelly on their oh. face. You thought, you thought that was an insult? No, I just thought other people might also be wondering what that means. So I've got a microphone, they don't. So, Yeah, thanks for saying that. We're also trying a new teaching thing where John's the conscience of the audience. He just says the things, whatever comes to his mind. It's about time. It's about time. D groups helped my wife and I survive those years because we couldn't actually get to a small group. Like we just couldn't make it happen because to keep take take care of these kids, find a babysitter, and get help was very hard. But we could send one adult out of the house at a time. So so D groups were like a lifesaver for us. So what we want we want you to hear is this is not a thing of pressure. This is a reorientation of our lives to do whatever we can. To become near and like Jesus and let him transform us into his image. Be disciples who make disciples. And this is a a methodology you can do it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to practice today. We're going to form a group of four. And here's who's in everybody's group. John and I are in everybody's group. Because we're going to model this. And then I want you guys to pair up. So... For some of you guys, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, and I sat next to that guy. <laughs> These are nice people. I could name a lot of the people. I'm looking around here, so but you're going to need to pair up with somebody. So I see some people. If you really don't want to do it, no harm, no foul. You're not a less Christian. You're like, yeah, I get it. I get it. But I promise you, you will get benefit out of this, because what I want to do is be able to model to you what it is like to do this. And the thing is, this is not a program that we have launched where you can go sign up for this. It, I, we've done this for so many years. I know it doesn't work. It's like speed dating. and You know, it's just not a very good thing. I mean, it just, it, it ends up weird. That, trust me, I, we've, I've done all kinds of things in starting D groups. Um, I've probably been in 
75 in the last 10 years. I don't know. Uh, starting them and just getting them going. But, but uh, it has to be something that you actually take initiative on. But that's kind of the way it is for anything with our growth, right? If, if you want to grow, eventually you have to participate with what God wants to do in us. He won't ever really do it for us. Okay. He does it in us. So pair up. Find, a, find somebody who's going to be your buddy. Yeah. Who's going to be your buddy. And if, if you have to do a group of three somewhere, that's fine too. That's fine too, I guess. Okay, everybody got your pair? All right. So here we go. Can we hand out the papers that we've prepared for you guys? We provided a one sheet that will talk about how to do a D group. Yes, pass those out. Yes. Yeah, so now I'm going to go through everything on the screen. So if you don't need the paper, you're not going to have problem. I'm going to go, but I'm going to go through it piece by piece. What are the piece of paper that's in your hand? Okay, does everybody have a sheet of paper? Great. So, if I could have thy, your attention. I'm just going to go through this whole thing and explain what is involved in the degree. Of, and John and I, what we're going to do is each time we get to a section of it, John and I are all in every single D group here. And so we're going to be the first two people to share because we're going to model it. And then the other two of you, or three or whatever, you'll finish it out. Does that make sense to you? I actually do need feedback on this. Does that make sense? Okay. Because I, I am trying to teach a little bit better. Okay. So there's three elements. It's look back, look up, and look ahead. That, and it's just really easy. There's three movements to it. Look back, look up, look ahead. Everybody say that with me. Look back, look up, look ahead. Okay. And, and so the look back is a check-in with one another. Uh, look up is explore the scriptures. And look ahead is set goals. The reason we say there's three movements to it, because we generally love to talk about ourselves. And so it's good to talk about ourselves. But if it becomes only about ourselves, your D group will fail. 
I promise you, it'll fail. Because if, if the, what holds the group together is us talking about our stuff, it's nice for a minute. But only Jesus is strong enough to keep our relationships going and, and, and growing. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. That was awesome. Going and growing, baby. So, so we're going to do a look back. This is where we care for one another. And it's like the first 20 minutes, okay? So 20, 20, 20, if you've got an hour. If you're really, really into time management, you could set a timer. We never do that, at least in my groups. Because some days it doesn't work out that way. Some days you realize, okay, this guy just, his wife just left. We're probably going to talk about this today. Oh, that's nice. Let's move on. You know what I mean? Some days are just that way, you know? But most days aren't. So this first thing is we care for one another by answering a couple uh, intent, uh, intentional questions. And, and, and here's the deal. The, these questions are important because what will happen is if we don't look to see where God is in our lives, we'll just wander with whatever had our attention the most. Does that make sense? You know, you know, like what, whoever yelled at you last or traffic or your boss or something like that. And that's actually not the most important thing about you. The most important thing about you is how is God meeting me? And John, when, you, when we talk about trying to determine how God is meeting me, what, what, what do you think about? What does that mean? Hmm. I didn't prepare him for this at all. <laughs> I was Even though we've done this hundreds of times. <laughs> wow, <laughs> he's, thinking, he's thinking about cats. <laughs> I love cats. How is God... <laughs> Why don't you start and I'll think Here's about it. Here's what I meant for Jonathan to say. <laughs> so a lot of times it'd be, we could say, are you doing your prayer and Bible study? And that's actually the wrong question. The right question is, how is God showing up in my life? Does that make sense? Because otherwise we can assume that there's these levers called uh, spiritual disciplines and there's in this Protestant world, there's only two of them, apparently. There's prayer, prayer and Bible study. It, it, we're, we're, we're retraining you out of that, okay? But, but uh, what, it, what we often think is, is am I doing the stuff that would make God happy? What we're saying is, where in your life are you experiencing his love, his correction, his attention for you? Because sometimes it's not in the prayer time. Sometimes it's taking walks. Sometimes it's cleaning the dishes. For some reason, every time I clean the dishes, I, I, I encounter God. So that's what we're looking for is where is God meeting me right now? It might be in your prayer and Bible study or it might not be. Yeah, I'll just add, what's that thing that when you do it, you experience God's grace and his love? And this is so interesting for me when I was at ORU as my junior year and I'd, I'd gone to the prayer room almost really frequently and it was so unsettling to me because God had stopped breathing on my, you know, my quiet time. And interestingly, um, I, I was having such difficulty getting to my math homework. And when I would do my math homework, the Lord would just shower his love on me. And I realized, oh my gosh, my math homework is my spiritual discipline. The Lord is meeting me in my math homework, right? Yeah. So it, but isn't that beautiful? Because Jesus doesn't want to make us just good at doing certain activities. He wants to live our entire life with us. That was the Garden of Eden, right? Yeah. So spiritual discipline is doing certain practices, practicing, so that we can learn how to live a life with God. 
so that everything becomes a spiritual practice. So, so we're going to right now just John, John and I are going to do talk. The second question is, what is God changing in me? If God's changing nothing in us, we are not growing. A lot of times I am wishing for the time when everything's just going well. Anybody like that time? Yeah, what is it? And here's the deal. Those are the times I'm not growing. So a lot of times you can think maturity means everything's just fine. And it's actually not. It means God's probably just giving us a breather for a second. And then he's like, let's get to it now. I'm going to work on this. And so being able to identify that Jesus is doing something to me is really, really helpful to talk to about each other. Because we already, God's, I'm, oh my goodness, God's always working on something. And that's a sign of his love. So John and I are going to talk, answer these first two questions with each other. And then the two of you are going to answer it with each other. Okay? So John, how's God meeting you? And what's he changing in you? Yeah. Thanks for asking, Guile. Pretend <laughs> you guys aren't here. Um, I'm in this interesting season because uh, we have this little three-year-old girl living with us. And I've heard people talk about how when you have a young kid in your house, completely throws off your devotional rhythms. And so I'm actually doing pretty good about not feeling guilty about the fact that it looks so different than it's ever looked in the past. And so there's just been grace in this season. My wife and this little girl, Nova, go to bed significantly earlier than me. And so I'll just, sometimes it's, it's so interesting. I've never been able to do this, but I think God has grace in me. I'll just lay in bed and I'll just pray or uh, I'm reading through the book of Acts chapter at a time or I'll just listen to some musical worship and God is really gracing me to just be laying in bed and experiencing his grace and his love. I'll journal. I've got a little tablet. I'll journal with the brightness off. So that's, that's where he's meeting me. And what's he changing in me? Um, I'm just realizing that there are competing goals in my life right now. Um, I want to be Jesus's disciple God was speaking to me about this a couple nights ago. I want to be Jesus' disciple, but also I really want to avoid pain. And um, and I think that's really normal in our culture. And I want I don't like being in pain. And so I feel like God has got his finger on that for me, that I've got to choose. <clears throat> it's not masochism. You know, I know that God doesn't just love it when we're in pain, but... I've got to choose. What do I want? What's the goal? Is my life goal the same as God's goal? I know he wants to grow me up. So what about you, Gal? Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Now, let me also say to create a safe environment, two things, total confidentiality. <laughs> That's awkward. This is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever you hear today, don't repeat. <laughs> Obviously, there's a little things just not quite the way we do it today. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, we're not here to just dispense advice to one another. That's no fun. When you just know you're just going to be like, well, you should do this, you should do this. It's generally not helpful. It's just generally helpful just to listen. And listening heals. It's amazing. Because really, John needs to hear from God about that stuff. He might give me something. He might not. And so, but I'm going to be committed to listening. 
So, John. Can I add really quickly? Yes. Um, I, I think probably not in this context where we're sharing with the entire church, uh, but the what is God changing in me is it's an important time to be really brutally honest with uh, the other person or people with what you're struggling with, uh, where you're sinning. I remember Roger always says we need to embarrass our sin for our sin embarrasses us. And so I think that in that second question, that's a really important part of it. Guile. Yeah. So where is God meeting me? Um, he, it, my life, the way it's gone is has been very difficult for me to do my usual rhythm, which I usually a slow. I don't like seeing any people in the morning. I'm just grumpy. But now I have like several meetings at 7:30 a.m. and it's just happening all the time. It's and um, and it's messed up my spiritual discipline rhythm. Hmm. So I'm trying to fit in praying through some psalms here and there, and he's been helping me with that. But the surprising way is through other people. Hmm. Like um, I've had almost every day this week, someone take initiative with me and encourage me. And what God's changing in me is. Uh, the addiction to people pleasing and the way i know that is because when i'm weak in a mess uh with others i don't I, this is why i don't want to rely on other people to 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 need to encourage me mm-hmm. because it means apparently i need encouragement right what's wrong with you <laughs> um but for whatever reason that's the struggle and so the lord's going after that in me he's helping me appear weak before others now, the funny part of it is then I'll, I'm getting encouraged by others um, and feeling safer. Mm. Um, and so that's what I've been seeing in the last week or so. I've had a good chance to disappoint several people. And, and uh, yeah. I have. And they were real disappointments. <laughs> I really did the things. You know, so, um, but that's how God's changing me right now. So now I'm going to skip this, this last section. There's an accountable thing, we, accountability thing. We talk about oat skulls. I'll talk about that at the end because none of us have oats goals at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it has nothing to do with cereal. Okay, so look up. Oh, I forgot. God. You're supposed to do. Where, <laughs> this is a good thing that John's here. So let me back this up. <laughs> can, I share, okay. can I share one more thing about the... Uh, yes. Really quick. The, uh, the second one. What is God changing in me? Something that's really cool. I've, I've learned through these environments is when I can identify what God is doing in the middle of the angst I'm experiencing in my life, that it gives it meaning and I'm able to endure. So if there's just this ambiguous pain or discomfort, sometimes I can tend to blame it on like there's a spiritual attack happening and sometimes that is the case. But if I can, with the help of another person or some friends, identify what God is up to, what he's changing in me, I can often find the courage to endure, which is part of the reason why I think it's helpful to answer these questions together. Awesome. So now you do it. Take time with each other and know you're going to have a limited amount of time because we're practicing. And also I understand you're probably not with your deepest friend you've ever met. (laughs) Some of you may be, but some of you may not be. So do what you're comfortable with. We'll give you a few minutes to do that.
thing with John and Prince, just through that, I realized how detailed and amazing he was. And that feels like it's broken, even though. Okay, we'll wrap up in just a minute here.
Okay, let's go ahead and wrap it up. And we'll go to the next section now. Sorry if I'm cutting anybody off. I really am sorry. But know that you're going to have many more chances to do this when you start your D group. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So in this second section, this is so important um, that we go from looking back then to looking up. Again, Jesus has to be the center, and we have to do something intentional to get our gaze onto Jesus. And so the easiest thing to do is Scripture. It's just the easiest. There's other practices we do during this time. Sometimes we'll do silence or, you know, but for, for this, this model here, it's, Scripture is easy to do. And so we, we have a really simple model for how we um, look at the Scriptures what we do is we have any, you can, by the way, you can do any passage. Um, Jesusisthevision.com is built to use this model and take you through a succession of scripture passages that is that house you saw. So one of the things I do, I'm, I have the privilege of discipling some people who've been far from God and have not done any of the basics or just very scattered basics of discipleship. So I'm using this to introduce them to the basics of what it means to follow Jesus. And so it, in the bottom line, it's important that we're all um, really fluent in those. And then the other thing is the sermon discussion guide. Some of you guys already know this, but every week we'll, do a ser- we'll write a discussion guide for the sermon topic that's in this format. So you can use it for our sermons too when we teach right out of it. Okay, so we set it up so it's in this format if you wanted to do that in a D-group environment. So... What we do is we'll be sitting together, we'll read the passage out loud, and then another person tries to retell the main ideas of the passage. The point is not that you get it perfect. The point is that you go over it more than once, okay? So you're just trying to get it in you a little bit. So often, we'll, uh, like Jesus' the vision is almost all stories from the Gospels, but you can also do it with ideas. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to do John 15, 1 through 5, Okay? And so, um, let's, I'll, I'll read the passage. Well, you want to read it? Or do it? You, you want to do a retell? Sure. Okay. So John and I will do, do ours here, and then you're going to do it. It's just really, really simple. And this is Anna's passage from last week. So, John 15, verses 1 through 5. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, let's just go ahead and go, and we're going to do the questions here. And then you guys are going to read the passage and do the questions. So the questions are very, very simple. What does this passage show us about God? And what does this passage show us about us? Why don't you do the retell, and then we'll, we'll, do, we'll do the questions. Cool. Yeah, Jesus uh, is painting this cool picture of the way that things actually are. 
you know, in reality and saying, I'm like um, a vine. And the thing about a vine is that they're the source of nutrients and life and power. And you're like the branch. And when you're connected to me, you're able to bear fruit and be healthy. But as soon as you're disconnected from me, just like if a branch is disconnected from the vine, it's going to die. And he's also talking about how um, even if you're a healthy branch, sometimes in order to help you be even more healthy, I'll come and chop things away so that you can get more nourishment and become what I've intended you to be and that the Father is the one who does that, the pruning. Cool. So um, what do you see in this passage that says something about, what do you learn about God from this passage? I think the specific thing, and I think about the picture that Anna threw up last week of just the the naked rosebush and thinking about how awkward and embarrassing it is when I feel like I'm being pruning and being pruned. I guess I'm learning about God from this passage that God must think it's worth it. You know, that there's something he knows about the nature of becoming healthy and strong that it's worth even there being seasons of me feeling bare and uh, ugly. You know, what, what I feel like I see about God in this passage for me is that pruning is not punishment. Oh, yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? That pruning back is because, oh, man, you couldn't bear any fruit. He says, actually, a branch that is bearing fruit, he's going to prune. Yeah. And so that makes it feel less like, what did I do to deserve this? It's more like, oh, no, it's his affection for me to bear more fruit. When he prunes things. Back. That's really good, God. You should preach about that sometime. <laughs> so, so what does this passage show us about us? How about so with God and then about us? What do you see in this passage about us? Is, I think I'm just being reminded, and it's kind of jarring, but Jesus saying nothing. You know, <laughs> apart from me, you can do no thing. And so, I just it's just reminding me how utterly. De- Dependent on Jesus, we are if we're if our lives are going to be helpful and fruitful. And for me, I I feel like it's uh, he must have known he needed to say it, uh-huh. and I I go apart from him all the time. I like to get things done, um, and yeah. and so I, I appreciate the warning from Jesus. That's so kind of man. You can't do anything without me. So mm-hmm. just chill out, bro. Yeah. It'd be interesting to like get into what is it, at what point am I disconnected? You know, that'd yeah. be an interesting yeah. thing to flesh out. Okay, so let's do this. One of you guys read it out loud, the other one summarize it, and then answer these two questions. Ready, go.
Okay, one more minute. I know this is quick. We're going to do one more minute. Okay, let's wrap it up. Good job, guys. It's so fun to watch and doing this. Good job. Sorry if I'm cutting anybody off. If you want to talk about even further, the fun part is we could uh, go to lunch with one another. Okay, so I'm going to talk about this last section. Um, this for us, some of you guys... Uh, so far, none of this is that new, but this is the most challenging part, is to set goals, to set goals. Now, some of you guys, depending on, <laughs> depending on your age and when you grew up, and this make you nervous and think, what is this, works righteousness? And, and, and the answer is no. Um, I love how Dallas Willard says it. He says, the grace of God is not opposed to doing, it's opposed to earning. Not opposed to doing, because if we don't do it, the book of James says, if we, if we don't act in our faith, we don't actually have faith, right? You do what you believe, right? Um, and so the fun part is the activity. Why? Because I've found that's where the Holy Spirit comes. The power to do what I'm hoping to do. First of all, I get the instructions from the Lord, and then he funds it with his power. But until I take that step into it, nothing's there. That's always been my experience. Can anybody relate to me? You know, you're like, you're like, I really want to say I'm sorry to that person. I'll wait till God gives me the power. You know, right? <laughs> you're like, good luck with that. Your heart's going to be beaten. And when you're there, bam, here he comes. So that's what this whole thing is here, is, is to look ahead. So the first question is this. Um, how will I put this passage into practice this week? Now, you probably already found out. You noticed what God was saying about himself to you and how to live it out. And so what the, the idea here is just simply to say, what did I notice um, God was specifically addressing in me? Does that make sense? It, 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 it doesn't mean how to perfectly obey everything I see in this passage. What was God addressing in me that I could live out? Um, and I'm going to go through each of these. John, we'll talk through it and then let these guys do it. The next one is abide. How does Jesus want to meet with me this week? Well, I, John noticed. What was it again? How was Jesus meeting you this week? Just in the hours before, before bed. The hours uh, before bed. Yeah. So what we'll often do at this time is we'll just take a little time and just say, Jesus, is that the way you want to meet with me this week? Did you know it's so much easier to do spiritual disciplines when you let him tell you what to do? 
Because he'll fund what he's telling us to do. If you find that your disciplines are killing you and not having any fruit, it might be because you never inquired of him what to do. And Because disciplines are not a ladder by which we climb to God. They're just a practice by which we open ourselves to his transformation. He does all the rest of the work. It's like just getting a suntan. At least got to go outside. Right? So um, how does Jesus want to meet with me this week? Um, it, for me, it might be through other people. I'm looking ahead at my week. I have, I have a guess at the way he wants to meet me this week. But we'll talk about that here in a second. Who am I training as a disciple this week? These are the last two questions are challenging. Who am I training as a disciple this week? To, to really live out the Jesus life, not only we, do we become disciples, but we make disciples. You say, oh my goodness, what does this mean? Well, Here's the fun part. If we're in this group together, we're actually discipling each other. And the other thing is, do you know that you're powerful? That you are powerful? That you just showing up in a room mean God means God showed up? Because the presence of Jesus is there in a way that it wasn't before when you get there? I am shocked. To know that, to see that just kindness invites people into a life they never could have dreamed. Because it's the second thing we hear is, who could I share Jesus with this week? We have something we, we will talk, we've heard us talking about, we call it an oikos map. It has nothing to do with yogurt. <laughs> oikos is the Greek word for household, or like in, in, in the ancient worlds, your sphere of influence. And this is what we ask, who are in your sphere of relationships of people that are far from God. Now, if you're like me, I'm around Christians a lot. So I have asked the Lord, here was my first prayer that came to this, because my answer would always be, nobody. And it's okay to have that answer with one another. Then what we do is say, okay, man, what do you think God wants to do about that? I'll talk with him. For me, I stumbled into going to breakfast at the same place, once or twice a week. That's just what I stumbled into. And I realized there are plenty of people who don't know Jesus at this restaurant. The other thing I've realized is I'm an introvert and I, and I am awkward socially. So I'm probably, as much as I'm trying, I'm probably not going to lead with Jesus questions. But I'm a really good listener. And people tell me stuff for some reason. So I've learned what... Guys, through this, I've been able to baptize one of the servers. He came to Jesus. Uh, there, there's, there's others, and it's just sitting there being the presence of Jesus and responding to Jesus' instructions. Well, just keep on showing up. Have you noticed that God's showing up here, Go? Yes, I have. It, it, it's, it's amazing. Jesus loves our personalities, works through them, but we have to. This is so important. If we can get these last two things where Jesus starts to work through us in the natural rhythms of our lives. Again, if it's not integratable, you won't do it. I won't either. I can go to the same restaurant once or twice a week. That's about all I can do. I'll just be honest with you. My life is full. Okay? But God's not mad. He's not trying to pile more things on. He is trying to pull things out. <laughs> there are things he's asking you know, to take out. But he, he's given me an integratable place where I've been able to share Jesus 
and then start discipling people who are far from God. How did I do it? I just did it with things that I incorporated them in things I was already doing. Guess where we meet? At that restaurant at the times I'm there. It hasn't added any time to my life, but it has exploded me. It's my favorite time of the week to see guys that are just coming into the faith going, seriously? I, I don't need to sleep with my girlfriend all the time? No, you really don't have to do that. I don't even address most of those things. We're just pulling, these, pulling them into following Jesus. Okay? So for me, for, we started talking, training, sharing. When did we start doing this as a staff? Maybe 2019, 18? Probably 2018. 2018. It's taking me years to be where I'm at now. Does that make you feel better? And like, I get paid to be a Christian. <laughs> I love saying that joke, but it, you know... Yeah. <laughs> but this is actually a really hard job to fully be a Christian in, which is mean to be with people who don't know Jesus. I know you guys tomorrow morning are not going to be short on non-Christians, right? Yeah. Like, I sit by that guy, and yes, he is doing that with his toes right now. This is actually happening right by my desk, Right? So you, you've all worked with that guy. That's why the office works so well, right? It was real. Um, so let's go real quick through this, John. Um, oh. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well done. Anna reminded me. Yes, yeah, so we'll intentionally wait on the Lord before we, we talk with each other about this. So we'll say, okay, for this last thing of setting goals, let's just be quiet for a minute. So John and I will do that for each other right now. And you'll just watch us as if we're not even, we won't even know you're here. Um, and so it's as simple as this. Okay, Jesus, you see this stuff. What do you want to say to us? So let's just be quiet for a minute. anything yeah i think my obedience from the passage and my abide are similar just feel the invitation to as i was talking about earlier the the pain avoidance tendency in the in the pruning times i think the invitation i i'm giving is just to to be with jesus and to allow him to transform me and instead of trying to numb myself or avoid those things distract myself just to be with him and to just be present with what's actually happening in my life feels like my obey and my abide train uh, just feel this little girl in my house um, and then share I, I think I'm just being reminded I need to have a rhythm of praying for my friends that are far from Jesus so I think I'm going to start there good so it's funny I thought before I got to hear something different. Um, I thought it was going to be the Lord working on people pleasing, but I think the Lord just affirmed me on the obey. He said, you're doing it. I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. Um, so I'm sure he'll give me other stuff to talk about. Um, 
But I'll, I'll, I'll say this. It's the strangest thing to really change what we do on a Sunday morning, um, at least for my particular job, can make me feel very funny. Like, because I really want to help people. Some people are counting on what they're used to, that kind of thing. Um, but I felt like the Lord's like, literally, I'd forgotten we were doing John 15, and up in my, in my uh, office I was reading it, it said, I was kind of like nervous, and it said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Oh, right. Okay, so he's doing his thing. Abide, my guess is, Jesus is going to meet me through Anna and John and Roger Nix because we're going on a trip tomorrow to Chicago to, for a spiritual retreat thing for three days um, with Ruth Haley Barton and, and friends. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to be with people that I love. Who am I training this as a disciple this week? I think I'm, I think I'm going to have a little bit of a quiet week. That's what it sounds like. Who could I share Jesus with this week? I think something, this is just a vague sense. I could be completely wrong. I think something Thursday or Friday might be happening. I just got to watch. I don't know. That may or may not be the Lord, but it felt like that. So here's the deal. The reason we do this is then for the next week, that's when we talk about how did it go. Does it make sense? And again, when we do this, we you have to celebrate base hits. We're raising a culture that we only celebrate home runs. It's like, yes, this guy fell out of the ceiling and said, follow me, Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. And I baptized him right then, you know, in the sink, in the bathroom. <laughs> and that stuff, like, never happens. Like, it just happens every once in a while. But a base hit for me, here's, here's a win. I remembered to pray for people far from Jesus this week. And we celebrate our base hits. Why? Because that, for me, was a very new thing to do. And guess what started to happen? Over years, these people started following Jesus. It's taken years. So, so that's the encouragement. We're just trying to help each other. Move, the, just nudge a little bit different in our daily habits. So here's what you're going to do now, is you're going to go through these uh, four questions, look at them with each other. First, spend a little time just sitting with Jesus. And see if he's got something to say. If you're like, I don't know, that's okay too. But then think about the passage a little bit. Maybe, maybe there's something in there that most likely you already know. Most likely you already know. But then let's just go. We'll take five minutes here and you guys take a little time here from the Lord and then share with each other on these four.
Okay, we got about one minute left here. Sorry, I know it's cutting you off a bit. About one more minute. Okay, let's start to wrap it up. This is so fun. So fun. Great. You may have just made a new friend. I don't know. It's so healthy to come to church and interact with other humans and not just consume stuff. Okay, so I'm going to give you a few comments on how to start a D group. How do you get something like this started? It's because something I want, I want to note is we started this and this was, you know, you'll, you can feel that probably some of you guys were a little cramped, but we started this at 10, at 10 minutes to 11 and it's 1140. So you could have, by now, you could have gone to a restaurant, been in line for five minutes, got your food, sat down, 50 minutes, got it done and driven back to work. See, see what I'm saying about that's, that's one of the things that's so great about this is that it's integratable. Sometimes, you know, you may not be that kind of person, so you just got to plan a little bit more time You, you may to let it unroll a little bit. You don't like to be rushed like that. But it depends on your personality. So how to start a D group? Start with your network of relationships. Uh, you know some people, uh, most likely. Uh, <laughs> and you need to ask the Lord. This is a big one. Focus on hungry hearts, not on your best friends. Did you know I have been rejected um, on asking on D groups more times than I've been in D groups? You see what I'm saying? At best, I'm a 50 percenter. At best, I'm a... So, so the thing is, you may say, oh, I'm going to get my best friends together. I'm going to do this. It doesn't necessarily work that way. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But the issue is hunger. The issue is hunger. That doesn't mean you're a better Christian than your friends if they don't do it. That's not what I mean. They may be in a season of their life. It's just not a thing for them. And, and so you don't want to force it. You want to offer it to the Lord. If this is something you say, you feel like the Lord's doing in you, Jesus, who in my network relationships could I invite? It might be, I'm, I promise you, God might surprise you. 
Now, I had some fluency. I've been doing these a lot of times. And when I was asking Jesus for who, to, who could I connect with that doesn't know Jesus, he totally surprised me. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> that was my initial response. You, you didn't mean that. Okay, we're going to move on. I'm going to do something else. It, and it, it has been the most life-giving, beautiful thing, but it didn't, my flesh was like, <laughs> to start. I'm not saying that's going to be your journey, but I'm just saying, hold it lightly. Be okay with people saying no. It's totally okay. Um, but focus on hungry hearts. The hungry hearts are like, man, i got to do something like this. The other thing is, this is really great advice I'll credit uh, Shelley Mayberry with. Set a reasonable trial period, like three months. You know what I mean? So like that way you don't feel like we're getting married, you know, <laughs> on the first date. But just say genuinely, you know, there's, there's, because what'll happen is there'll be a little bit of a divine flow to it. You realize, okay, God's touching me. Not that I'm getting anything out of it. That's not the point or that I feel good. Is God meeting me and meeting them and ask him for real. There are times that some of these days, you got to just know you're going to have some bad meetings. Nothing wrong with a bad meeting. I have some guys that love Sasquatch. And 80% of the meeting was Sasquatch that day. I'm not joking. You think I'm joking? I'm not. And I had to say, Lord, are we still doing this? He said, here's what I've realized. Where God always says, God, I'll just raise the bar. Raise the bar a little bit, and if they stick with that, and they've responded every time, every time. Yeah, um, we can talk about that more another day. But, but set a reasonable trial period on how how to do this. And so, um, the the uh, the other thing we like to do when we finish with the D group is to end in prayer to say, God, can you give me the strength to do what you have asked me to do? Did you notice I said, give me the strength to do what you have asked me to do, not what I have determined to do? Because he may not give you the strength to do what you decided to do. Because he might not be asking you to do it. <laughs> right? Uh, but give me the strength to do what you've asked me to do. And, and so here's the thing I want us to actually pray for. Um, we're going to sit for just a minute in silence before the Lord. And the first thing I want you to ask is the Lord, is Lord, is this something you, you want me to engage in? And if so, who should I invite? Because the point is we want to take action on this stuff. Why? Because it doesn't do us any good if it just stays in ideas. It, it just doesn't help at all. But not only you, do you get to grow, but you get to serve other people in this environment. And again, I've had D groups start, fail, start, fail, no, they don't want to come. But I also have D groups that have lasted for a long, long time. And I know, what is it, Tim Hart and his guys, they've been doing it for, I think, nine or ten years now. Just because it was, it was something the Lord was funding and really sewed their hearts together. And it's okay. They don't all have to do that. But sometimes they do. But the point is, we're all kind of walking with Jesus together. And at times, our lives get to intersect and intertwine for a, for a, for a period, for a season. So we're going to take a minute and just ask the Lord, Lord, uh, first of all, help me to do what you've asked me to do. And would you like me to do something along these lines? So ready, set, go.
Father, I want to thank you for my friends. Thank you. I, I just feel the joy of Jesus. I feel the joy of Jesus at, that, at what you're stirring back up in some of us. Seeds that you're planting in some of us. Healing that you're doing in some of us. Can I trust others? Um, thank you, Lord, that with you we are always safe. With you, we're always safe. You've got us covered. Even if people are imperfect, you are always safe. And so, Lord, I pray that you give us the power to do what you've asked us to do. And, Lord, I pray, I pray you give birth, Lord, to life-giving discipleship relationships in this community, and, and you'd surprise us. You'd surprise us if, even who engages that aren't part of our family yet but they're desperate to know Jesus. I ask this through the merit of Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand real quick. So did anybody feel some encouragement today? Raise your hand if you felt encouraged. Okay. Here's another one. Did anyone, did God touch any of our bodies? Anybody feel that the Lord was messing with you? Someone by Lee. By we. Where where I can't see can't see your hand. Oh, you weren't you're just raising your hand. Jason. You got me all excited. Okay, well that's cool. Just thought I'd ask. Um, there was something else sensible I had in my mind. I can't remember what it is now. I love you guys. Make an invite. Don't take long. Do it right after the service. Love you. Have a great week.